Hello and welcome to the Everton Army podcast sponsored by Mindscaped. My name is Graham and today I'm joined by Andrew and Shane. How are you lads? Hope you're good. Not bad, not bad. Better than Shane. Yeah. Yeah, Shane's a sick puppy but he came on the pod so we thank him for that. So we have a wee bit of stuff to get through lads as we know shows have been a wee bit slower mainly because there's been absolutely nothing to talk about. Um, so we gather what we can find and we're going to touch on that stuff now. So the first thing I'm going to touch on, lads, is Sean Dyche's press conference. Shane, I'll come to you first. Um, how, how did you find Sean Dyche's presser today? Sort of on the same lines as the, the rest of them. I think we've, we've said that um, it, it comes across quite passive on yeah. the fence. Um, yeah, it's hard to go off on on what he's what he's saying and what and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he keeps his. You could say he keeps his cards close to his chest, maybe. Yeah, no, I I find that a lot. I I, I can really agree with that. Um, I, I want to say a wee bit frustrating, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that like, I thought I thought Lampard's was so. They just sucked you in every week and then the performance just pushed you away and then it'd be so endearing again. And did you ever find out, Andrew? You find he was endearing and then I mean bit, Frank was he's... pretty articulate and a lot more flowery with his language. Uh, I think Deitch's yeah. pressers are kind of indicative of the type of guy that he is, is like a Spartan minimalist approach. And also, yeah. you know, when it comes to stuff like the campaigns or fan protest versus the board, well, he's a guy in a new job in a very tough situation. So he does have to kind of ride the fence between like, please back us fans, we need you. And please don't fire me. I'm not going to rock the boat. Yeah, <laughs> very good points there. Yeah. So one of the things he touched on, so I think the pressing matter ultimately is Cavaloon. He's still not going to be fit for this game. Um, for a scan that had no no signs of issue, to still be out and stuff, and he's doing a bit of training on his own in the grass. Shane, it just it just presses that narrative of we we've been let down, he's been let down. I don't need to push it to the board yet, but like it, it's it's just frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, because it's more frustrating because we know how, how much of a big player he could be for us, and and what he has been. Um, like you say, it's probably that it's on the club themselves rushing them back each time, probably last season as well, where he needed that one or two game break when he probably maybe could have been afforded it earlier on in the season. Um, and then we were just as I think it was with Benitez as well. As soon as he was re- as soon as he was half ready to come back, he was like, "Yeah, you're straight in." Seems to be with Dice that he's been. Um, if he hasn't started him, he's brought him on for like you know a fraction of the game, but it it it's hard as well at the minute with like you say not wanting to point at the board, but you have to with them not bringing a striker in because that's then on them for wanting to rely on a striker that we've never been able to get you know a fraction of games of the season out of. Yeah, um, I'm. I've always backed Calvert Lewin. I, I really have. I love, I love him as a player, but I'm just. I, I'm starting to fall into this brigade of. What is this big issue, Andrew? Are you are you falling on that? Because I'm starting to think, is it on his head? And 
because obviously there would be that sort of trauma there like but it's just i'm just getting very frustrated with the whole thing to be absolutely honest yeah i don't know about i think i've moved beyond frustration into just general worry for the guy because he is still super young for the game and his ceiling is very very high if he gets into a squat that has like good service i just i wish all the best for him I think there's got to be some psychological, but I also don't think Dyche would let somebody skate if it was only mental. I think he'd be the type to push them. So I do think there's got to be some physical limitation right now where he just doesn't factor in and he's not the best selection for what we need right now. If he's, if he's not the answer, <laughs> I wonder what the question is. We what we have, if the club's happy with that, to be honest, and I, I completely get what you're saying and respect it completely. I'm just, I don't know, just just that furious Evertonian, I suppose with my age and the fact my parents, I suppose it can be a wee bit Everton die with the fact that I'm just getting a bit pissed off with, to be absolutely honest. It's just, it's just a, it's like a supersized combo of, of frustrations. It's all leading on it and how they've let him down, clubs down, fans down, you know, and just, it's just shocking, you know. It's just, well, we'll get the with that as well. Like, um, yeah. look, he could just have have that underlying problem and be that type of player, like Daniel Sturridge, for instance, yeah. who who's just plagued with it, and and unfortunately, you're never going to get you know longevity out of them. You only get spurts out of them. I think we've passed that time where we could have got any money for him because I don't think yeah. anyone would touch him now. Um, Dunk yeah. was plagued with injuries too, wasn't he? Yeah, knee. His knee was never right, yeah. But I, I think it falls under that one too. It just means then that you can potentially have him and if he can accept the way his career is going and then he becomes a luxury. Yeah. And we do... I like watching us play to his strengths when he's in the team. For me, when we do break with Calvert-Lewin and Calvert-Lewin's best form, even when he was young... It always goes back to that game against Man City where he ran company ragged. Was it company and Savage? I can't remember who was beside company that day. But um, he, was, he just tore them apart We Rooney playing off of me. Arguably for a non-scoring Calvert-Lewin. Or did he score that game? I can't remember. No, it was Rooney, wasn't it? But, you know, just, just to see him run ragged, that was just, you've seen the potential there. But ah, move on, Calvert-Lewin. I'm fed up talking about it. But uh, it's, it's just upsetting. I didn't think he was ever going to be that sort of Daniel Sturridge, you know, that sort of player that just just crumbles and, and can never be, but um, reaches full potential, obviously. Um, Onana is back, That's thankfully. That's one we took from it. And Townsend, he's he's uh, upset his knee again a bit, just minorly, but I, I didn't hear anything about Patterson. Maybe I missed it because I was sort of listening while he was working. Did anyone hear anything? Did he mention anything on Patterson? There's talk that he has an injured knee, but no, I, all I mean, I'd seen it when he played in the under twenty ones game that there was people saying that he went off injured, but then Patson himself tweeted after the game saying that he was glad, he was uh, like he was happy to get the sixty minutes under his belt. So I'm not one hundred percent sure whether he co- he come off injured and that he's he's just played the sixty minutes precautionary to not strain it too much, but I haven't I haven't seen any more than that. Yeah, maybe a bit of inflammation or something. Like that. But yeah. Um, so, 
that's an, that's about as much you can touch on with the press conference. I think Andrew covered it all perfectly, and then we just rant about DCL. But after that, then I, I want to go to the uh, fan advisory board questionnaire. So, Andrew, you were on the Toffee Blues podcast as well last night, um, and you were discussing it. So, I read I read all thirteen pages. Um, I don't think I'll ever get that time back, to be absolutely honest. Um, we have spoke off air about what we thought of it, so I'm going to let you start and, and just go up because I thought you articulated yourself very well. I wish the club had of, but um, what were your <laughs> thoughts on it, mate? Well, I think the club's official position is to be as unclear as possible uh, so that there isn't anything to really be able to <laughs> dissect in yeah. contradiction to what they're saying to us. Um, I mentioned this earlier, there's an old X-Files episode where he talks about like the position of the powers that be is to deceive, inveigle, and obfuscate as like a yeah. matter of course. And that's the responses that they gave to these questions all follow that. And if anyone doesn't know what inveigle means, and that was me 30 minutes ago, uh, it means to win over by guile or persuasion. Yeah, like muddy the like, waters, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, we're putting all this money in. Like the, the thing where Mashiri talked about Oh, I'm putting in, what was it, 700 million pounds into the stadium where it was supposed yeah. to be 400, 500. Well, it is actually still 400, 500. The stadium cost itself, the materials cost. Nothing's changed there, but he puffed up the numbers by including things that weren't the actual stadium cost to big himself up and make himself look better. Yeah, it was to also like another... another... Sorry, yeah, go ahead, no. To use another, another TV thing, there's an old episode of Arrested Development where Job talks about the cost of his suit and it's a running gag. The further the episode goes, the suit goes from like two grand yeah, to like $12,000. Yeah. yeah, and that's, I think, that's all Mashiri was doing to kind of like say, damn, like, look at what I've done for you, even though it's not accurate. And it made it worse because it made it seem like the cost that he told us the stadium was going to be wasn't it. Yeah, uh, I think as well, it, it gave them that statement as well at a time where it was literally like ground zero in the fans having enough as in like the there was a shift there was a pivot and shift where everybody just you know people on the fence moved to the side of I'm fed up with the lack of clarity and you know I'm sick of this board not everybody obviously there's still people who think otherwise and you know that's their prerogative if you're happy with what we're being served up come to my house and I'll shit in a plate for you because that seems to be what you like um but but you know ultimately yeah Shane reading through all that Brock it was I felt like it was I was being spoken down to by a parent you know they they as Andrew said they try to dress so much up and even had and even even what you were saying to it was as if they were I nearly think they did yeah they they, they copy and pasted Mashiri quotes to some of the things where he was saying he was uh on the fans side and and I, Oh, I'm not saying it was the fans that get manager sacked. It, it, it was me just highlighting that he's been irrational and that we all have to stick together. There was a fair bit of backpedaling as well in it, wasn't there? Yeah, and I think you put it perfectly before off air as well. Uh, it's it's just putting glitter on shit. They just <laughs> they just they just they're just trying yeah. to make things sound better than what it is, like you say. Yeah. Um, and um, you know he. Even down to when he spoke himself, saying about getting us a striker, and like we said before, it's just false promises. And the, in a time where you know there's so much stuff 
like that's just problematic with the board and stuff. It just seems like they're digging a hole deeper and deeper that they just they can't get out of, and I don't think they will ever get out of. Yeah. Now, I I know you guys have read it. I know the majority of people that are listening to this have, have, are bound to have read it all. Because if you if you're if you're taking the time to actually listen to, well, me, never mind us. Um, you must be a passionate Evertonian, but that's. You can go through all that, and there's some very good questions. So as I say, people can go and read those and, and take what they want from it. This is just our opinions. But the thing the thing that really, really stood out to me, and it was very, very early on it, and it, now this, I think this raises more questions than answers. So they were talking about, you know, the strategic review. And the main points that they put on, right, were, was the football and identity, the commercial growth, the place and supporters at the heart of planning, and the uh, the best professional services and world-class facilities. I'm sorry, but in the biggest league in the world, I would expect those to be the core fundamentals of any mission plan of a club from when football began to change in the 90s. You know, I'm not going to go into the sub, the sub points, but they're all basically standard. You know, Obviously, the football identity, they want to develop the club, you know, from youth level up. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's football. That that doesn't take a strategic review to see that we need to have better coaches. They look after these young players. They give them the chance to grow. You know, they give everybody local. You know, Everton, obviously, myself and Andrew aren't local. But, you know, Everton, Everton and Everton fans have this proud culture of, of being local and, and bringing bringing kids through and wanting to do that. So no matter where these kids go, Everton should be given that platform, the local kids, to be coached to the highest standard, to go out and express themselves for the love of the game. You know, how that's got lost. But then even immediately onto the first team and the women's game, but the women's game, they are investing very well in that. And that doesn't really have, to my knowledge, it doesn't really have many, many major issues. Well, actually, it does because they went through how many managers? To be fair, that's an other thing. And they were chopping and changing players, so that's a whole other thing. But I'll leave that to someone. I know the Blue Room do a lot of the female coverage, so I will leave that to them because I am not educated enough in that. But, but what I will say is, like the first team is absolutely shite. Some of the some of the players, the level of abilities we've been bringing in, not good enough. We've been replacing five star, four star players with three and two star, in my opinion. Um. But you go through the rest of those commercial, you should always be building, you know, your target should always be higher than the other. I know I'm sort of rambling a bit. Um, Shane, I'll just come to you. Just what did you think of those core points? They're all points that they're putting that, like you say, should be a standard, but we fell so far behind on them, all of them, that they're saying that in the strategic review that that's stuff we need to be doing to make it look like like, look, this is what we're going to be improving on. But like you say, it should be a standard and that stuff should yeah. be already happening. Like you say, with the youth, the youth has completely fell off in terms of what we were bringing through, maybe. And then, you know, people will point the finger towards, you know, coaches like Unsworth and stuff like that as well. Yeah. With stuff like that. Commercial-wise, is probably the probably one of the better things we've done in the past few years was when we bought hammers in. The was meant to be the statistics and numbers of shirt sales and stuff with hammers. 
stuff like that is good. But then other than that, I can't remember anything else that I think to, to thinking of stuff like that, you know, like even with shirt tails and stuff like it, I, I know it's probably like the, the there's like detail like details and problems or whatever behind it. I remember like being a bit younger and there was so long that you couldn't get an Everton shirt in a sports direct show. Yeah. Every other anything, shirt yeah. from the Premier League was in there, but you could never get the you could only get the Everton shirt from the from or J D. Like I mean yeah. it's come back in now and you can. But like for so long you couldn't, so it was only the Everton shop that you could go to and then obviously for fans, you know, across the world if that's where you, and that is what you know essentially where you want them to spread to it's harder to get stuff like that and I think Lee's touched on another podcast that there's other fan groups across you know in, in European countries and stuff that find it so hard to get all the shirts and stuff like that yeah the uh, um, Irish supporters Everton Supporters Club had to petition to Lifestyle Sports here in the north and south um, to get Lifestyle they actually started t- stocking Everton Everton shirts and they had to fight for ages to get them Absolute shambles. I remember, I think it might have been Toffee TV or something years ago, but they were saying about like these like big soccer franchise stores in the US. Andrew, you're probably better suited to talk about that because I know you've looked and stuff and you've had the order overseas. Um, things I've had to do too, obviously, from the when I bought shirts. But regular you know, first team shirts I've had to get from Fanatics. Now, weirdly, when they did that US training top collaboration, uh, last season, those were in a big chain here called Dick Sporting Goods. Even in my like small city, they they were in that Dick Sporting Goods. It's like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. But I still have to order and pay, you know, hundred and fifteen dollars to get yeah. a first team shirt sent to the U.S. What did you get a name or anything on it? Oh yeah. Hey. You know who? Ben Godfrey. <laughs> in a in the uh, black watch shirt that we wore like four and a half minutes. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, considered and four then he and got a half injured. Goals, too. <laughs> but you look at stuff you know like the two the names day. I have on my shirts. I've got Dom and I've got Godfrey. So basically, the next shirt that I wear, a fucking satellite is probably going to fall out of the sky and crush them. <laughs> get Holland on your next one, would you please? Just get it in an Everton tub, or he could. I don't know. Not maybe sure a satellite could take him out, honestly. No, just maybe Salah then. Yeah, get there him. you go. But even but, with um, the footy shirts, when, when you see like stuff like have you seen what like Dortmund do, what they've just done recently, where they bring out that full blacked out kit? Yeah, the black and yeah. it's it's a it's it's not a, a limited edition, so there's so only so many of them, but that kit's just so nice and it's like they say it's limited. Yeah. Napoli do it as well. Yeah. Napoli bring out like a Valentine's kit, a Halloween kit. And I know that's not as you know, uh no, but know, it's looked upon in England. But yeah, it's it's just and added stuff. And the return, they're perfect, yeah. There's and the other thing added. is, it's not just shirt sales. Like, okay, so commercial deals, one that seemed good on its face, which is now probably going to be under fire with the new legislation, is the steak deal. You know, there's that thing about voluntarily, maybe, removing gambling sponsors from the front of shirts. So did we completely fuck ourselves by making this deal at this time? I know we talked about it when it happened, mostly just because the aesthetics are terrible. But that mm. was spoke about at the time that we signed that deal, there was already rumblings that gambling sponsors were going to be under fire. Yeah, I, I reckon I reckon we have something lined up. That's one thing I will say. We're criticizing the commercial stuff, and I do agree with that. Um, 
but but I do think that there's going to be some, something out there that's, that doesn't fall into their parameters. And I reckon the length of that field, because there's a couple of clubs with uh, betting sponsors in, in the Premier League, I'm nearly certain. I just can't put my finger on who at the moment. But, West Ham, um, Newcastle. Yeah, well, there you are. So I reckon by the time those deals run out is probably whenever that comes in. Or else if it does come in, it'll be by the end of, at the end of your running contract they might honor them and then they go when we see the end of them so but maybe but yeah we can pick through that but ultimately just i wasn't overly impressed with it i thought there were some impressive questions that were pretty well swerved there was one actual corker and i wish it was prepared but it was basically they were asking about maybe a fan being on the board and uh they were actually that was sort of the only one that was sort of said that that's not a bad idea. I think it was that one. I'm not sure. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Do you ever ask the proper question? Um, but yeah, basically, everyone, please try and do better. So the next thing I'm just going to go to here is about the uh, about the government, the independent regulator. So the British government has announced a new independent regulator to oversee the financial stability or sustainability of elite men's football. The regulator will also have the power to block clubs from joining breakaway leagues like the European Super League. So here's here's the shakedown. So new independent regulator to help prevent repeat of financial failings seen at Derby County, Bury and Macclesfield Town. Strengthened owners and directors test to protect the clubs and their fans from unscrupulous owners. Fans given greater say in running clubs and key heritage such as team names, badges and stadia at, at core of new plans. Powers to block English clubs from joining unpopular breakaway leagues like the European Super League. And plans, follow, and plans follow the government accepting recommendation from the fan-led review of football governance led by Tracy Crouch, CBEMP. So Shane, I'll come to you first. Um, I actually discussed this today with a few fans, football fans and work who are fans of Arsenal and Manchester United. And they're disgusted. They, they don't think that anything should change. And I swear to God, it was, it was like trying to smash up a mountain uh, with a toffee hammer because they could not get it under their heads that apart from five or six of those clubs that we all live in a different world, they didn't get it. They kept pulling at the oh, agent fees and this, but they deserve this. Is look, money's gone mad. Stop going to agent fees. You know we're living in it where it's struggling, and the ladder isn't even just getting pulled up. It's being destroyed and dismantled in the boxes of matches. You know, Shane, what's your thoughts on? I think it's good personally. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, at the time when it all happened, the Super League, the first time, uh, you know, peak a lot of attention to it then and stuff that like Gary Neville was the one that was pushing for the independence um, sort of form of it um, it can only help like you say with the smaller clubs that have gone like Derby and stuff like that and then like you say apart from those five maybe six clubs at the top it it, it stops that gap apart from you'll have like a you know, a, one team maybe a season or something that that over exceeds and breaks into that. Well, one it, thing I just on that Shane though, would ask is though, stopping that gap. Do you think that that gap is too widespread? I do. I just don't see how it 
pulls tighter together again. I don't. Yeah, well, especially with the, I mean, you, you're you hearing now that United are getting bought out and they're getting the same done to them with what happened to Chelsea where they're buying out all their debt. Yeah. So as soon as they come in, they're just going to be able to spend ridiculous amounts of money the way Newcastle have been bought out as well and they, they've they spent money, but not like a, a massive amount so they're still due this summer coming to be able to spend probably like 200 million or something like that so maybe I actually uh, remember I remember saying too whenever whenever new, I think I've said this a few times the pod I think when Newcastle as well got bought out I said they had the perfect blueprint how not to do it and it was Everton and you know what I'm absolutely disgusted that that's just seems to be the case because it's just it's heartbreaking it really is Sorry, batter on me. Well, no, yeah, it's like, and um, I, I, I say when when you look back at it now, and it was it was so much promise with Machiri coming in. It's like now it's like everybody wants these like uh, consortiums and the Saudis and stuff to buy them out, or these big American owners that we're hoping something happens with, um, because. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I, I think the gap may be too big to bridge now because unless all these other teams get bought out by these owners and then it just ends up where the whole league's monopolised. And But then that brings the whole problem of what um, the European clubs and leagues are complaining about with with their players. So they can't attract the players because, because of the wages and the stuff like that that we can offer. When it was on the telly, Jamie Carragher fought back against that and said that teams like Madrid and Barcelona will always have that hold over players. But yeah, as long as stuff like the Super League is not happening and you know the stuff that this is meant to put in for, like grassroots football, and it grows upwards from there, it can only be good. Yeah. Andrew, I'll come on to you here, just with the uh, same question, basically. Um, game's gone nearly, though, isn't it? Yeah, and the fact that it'd be an independent regulator, like if this, if the independent panel had been around when the first Super League attempt happened, I feel like there would have been more stringent punishment for the clubs that engaged in it on the English yeah. side. It was like, what, £6 million per club? That was the fine? That. Yeah. All of those put together for the clubs that would have joined equates to about one third of Enzo Fernandez and what yeah. Chelsea paid for him. That's every club's fine together comes up to one third of what Chelsea spent on a single player in Two January. clubs is Neil Mopay. Three clubs is Dwight McNeil. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, 300 Seamus Coleman's, whatever the math works out to. But <laughs> it's... It's insane to me that that was all that happened. And yet I completely understand it because the Premier League is so insular and so terrified of this white sheet and like governance that that independent is the only way to go that will have meaningful consequences. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I really, really do hope it comes on and for the better and they actually let clubs that aren't in Sky's pocket um, compete again instead of making up the numbers because, as you boys well know, and I moan about it a hell of a lot, um, Just I'm, I'm just tired of, of making up the numbers and our standard being so 
so so pathetic religious and and just our, our motto meaning absolutely nothing anymore in regards to what we're seeing um so yeah i can't wait to get an independent regulator that supports liverpool because that's what probably will happen <laughs> the independent Let's regulator face. will be pgmo i like damn it yeah so um go sticking with the fa and and other things um everton just got fined again we could find more than liverpool we put it in the twitter um i think one one comment just shot the whole thing down basically which was very very um sensible it's just probably because we're repeat offenders we seem to be fighting everybody and we won pending as well with leads andrew i'll let you start with this because you are the fine guy you <laughs> as soon as it happens in a game you know you could bet your mortgage and on i'm just saying there's no rfa fine and you're right again handbags do matter now it seems yep citation fc aren't we yeah it's just it, it's again that same thing of the Premier League and the FA at large not wanting to be seen as soft now that the actual government is looking at it. Like, no, 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 no. See, it's not just city. We're not just bullying the big bad. It's everyone, except everyone happens to be us. <laughs> Shane, not much more you can say. Andrew's just on the money. Andrew's won that one there. I think on, on, but on the side of like, like football teams and you're seeing that you're getting fined for stuff like that, it, it yeah. takes out like the passion of it. No one got, you know, if it was a fight that broke out, like you see in some European games where they're literally yeah. throwing punches and stuff, yeah. then then yeah, fine. But if it's just, you know, something overspills and the ref should be able to deal with it, and he right. does and deal with it, then... That's an interesting thing. If no one was sent off, how much of a fight could it actually have been? If it was yeah. not seen fit to throw cards, like red cards then how are you going to say they was out of control? Well, I, just to chime in too, just, just to fire a wee curveball in there as well. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll agree, you're right, that's fine. If, if, so if this game is about the kids and, and people watching and influencers, you know, influencer is such a big word these days. So yeah, they're influencing kids. They act up like that in pitches and, and, and show disrespect to their referee. So it should be fine, that's fine. But what about protecting the game and the role they brought in for diving and stuff? Should people dive in if they're not even getting cards? Should they start getting fined of their personal vault? You know, should they be hit with a fine? Because ultimately they stopped banning players from games when they continuously file, you know, or, or sorry, continuously dive. We keep saying it. You know, it, if anything, it, it, it's becoming a big issue too with, with VAR and stuff. So, you know, you're you're hitting you're hitting the easy things, but you're not gonna it's nearly as if you work in management. You know, you're you're willing to tackle all the easy things, and you're and you're showing off, showing off all these all these bonuses and you know plus points. I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and you're taking off all the easy things. But those three or four really bad things, you're not getting. But your numbers look good because you've maybe done seven out of ten. But those three things are your are your tough challenges, and they're not going for them. So if they're going to start cracking down really hard on this, you know, broaden your spectrum. You know, go go for. Would you agree with that, Shane? Go go for the other things too. I, I don't know it's, why clubs aren't speaking up about this too, or, or whenever they meet with the FA and the chairmen, they're just saying this needs to stop. This is damaging the game. You know, a lot of I know a lot of rugby fans. I'm, I'm sick of this whole thing to go to. Ah, but they all just dive. You see them get hit and they tap and go down. Like that's destroying the game. Well, it's a good job that we got rid of Gordon because he got more cards for that than he had goals. <laughs> yeah. No, he's but, uh, no, but, 
But yeah, if if you're pressing down on one, like it's got to be like an, an even playing field. And like, uh, would you saying about the clubs not pressing on it? Maybe because like it works for them in one instance, but then it'll work against them in another instance. So it's swings and roundabouts with it. With them. they, they are the pinnacle forces of the game. You know, where's that football and integrity? Where's that? Where's that? Uh, Where's that standpoint? We're gonna we're gonna draw a line in the sand, and this is what we're gonna accept. We've accepted VAR, blah blah blah, but we're no, but we're not accepting this. And this needs. I don't know. I'm just did, tired. Of I, the I, I, I don't know whether whether I missed it, but did, did United get fined for when they uh, had a bust up spillover with Palace and Casemiro got sent off for strangling Will Hughes? Because I. Whether I, I don't know if I missed it, but I didn't see that they got fined for that. And like what Andrew said, if cards aren't handed out for it, but in that instance they were, it was a red card because he literally strangled the player. But no, then we're getting, we're getting fined for, you know... Yeah, they, 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 did get, they did get fined for it. Like they, they're, they're, well, they were charged anyway, not that much. Okay, um, well, that's fair then. But even at that, again, it's all good for melees and they're all over that. But I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, I'm just playing devil's advocate, saying, why not go yeah. for the rest of the spectrum? You know, you can imagine if it's about players fighting and, and pushing and, and getting over emotional and that's spilling over there. Well, why not just start punishing people, even players, if, it, if they have to go directly to the player and hit them with a 10, 14, 20 grand fine. And if it's something that really st- you know, showed up the referee, you know, maybe put pressure on the on the on the FA's refereeing panel or VAR because of a dive, and it turns out with more more analysis that it was in fact a dive. Well, why not? Um, why not come down on that too? But obviously, we don't want to dance around just hypotheticals and stuff. But that's just I don't know. Just it just makes me wonder. So, coming up there, last few points before we look ahead to Aston Villa game. But um, I'll go quick on this one. Uh, Bill Kenwright wanted to attend the Leeds game, but last minute was advised not to for security reasons. Um, until things boil down, do you think that's careless, Shane? Careless in what in what sense? Well, the the fact that you know it could have caused, while it's still a bit of a boiling pot, that it could have caused issue. You know, it's still quite raw. It's still quite raw, and people are very adamant. You know, we're we're part of. We're part of the NS now uh, campaign. There's no secret there. Um, we're we're solid backers, and um, as part of the statement that that went out that we all posted the other night at six o'clock was that you know the the board are not wanted there, um, actively not wanted there. So it's put out there that they, the fan fan base does not expect to see them. I don't expect to see them um, at the weekend. Um, but it's just, you know, if that's out there let and you've stayed away, let, let in my opinion, I think, let the water settle. You know, don't just don't just wait until it calms a button and cannonball right in the middle of it, Bill Kenwright, because I think him going on his own is making a bigger statement than them coming united. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's Bill's ego. Um, just just on that, because I know I know we're, we're tight in time. So what do you, well, what do you think there? It doesn't help when they're the same for safety reasons. I don't know, like you just said that, you know, majority of us don't want them there anyway, but then that they're just showing up at Anfield for the derby. 
but uh, and like we've discussed on another podcast that that seems okay for them security wise when it's across a park, it's across Stanley Park. Yeah. But then and then they don't show up for the Leeds game and then obviously we don't expect them now to it's sort of it'll come out how Bill or Denise or you know, Michelle haven't turned up for security reasons. Everyone's just like, oh, okay now, because they just expect these excuses or these reasons for it to come out. And then it's more yeah. of a big thing than if they do turn up because it's like, well, why this time? Or, you know, like you say, with Bill, why on his own? So, like you say, it's probably just best that they just stay away for now. Yeah. Andrew, just on that too, would, would you share my thoughts in regards to it just it stinks of, of Bill being a bit of a shitster, maybe? I, I know he wants to go and watch the thing, to go. I don't yeah, think no. he was ever planning on going at all. Uh, because you can make that claim now that it's over. You can make that claim like, oh, yeah, I was totally going to go. But, you know, someone told me not to. That's like me. If you text me like, hey, where are you? And I say I'm on my way. I'm 15 minutes from leaving my house. <laughs> that is... Oh, I know. I podcast <laughs> with you. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're right there. Yeah, I was at the uh, convenience store grabbing one of these energy drinks. Yeah. 100%. That's what happened 40 yeah. minutes ago. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Andrew, Andrew hasn't podcasted in his car driving 60 miles per hour down a road. That has not happened. I'm only joking. That hasn't happened. He usually pulls over. Um, but yeah, just but yeah basically... I, I don't believe it happened. You can say whatever you want afterwards. Now that you haven't gone, you can absolutely make a claim like, yeah, I was absolutely going to go. They had to hold me back, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> don't believe it. Just picture, I can just picture how dramatic it would be. I'm being stopped. Be like an episode of Coronation Street or whatever soaps are on in Texas. Yeehaw. But um, yeah, just moving on and away from that blurt, um, going to a player now who divides opinion. Sean Dice sort of let it slip today in the press conference. So uh, I think once he signs, we can touch on it more, but it looks like Jordan Pickford's going to sign. I think it's massive for us. I think he is our best player. I do. And that's probably going to rock a few people. And that's fair. He really does split opinion. But we are a hell of a lot better off with him than we are without him. I think he's a top-class goalkeeper. He really is. He has his moments. Um, I don't think he can help it. But you know what? He's our best since Big Nev, in my opinion. Tom Howard doesn't touch him. I don't know how you feel about that, Andrew. I, I was very, very fond of Tom Howard. He wasn't without his faults. But, um, yeah, I'll come to you first, Andrew. But, yeah, I, I think it's massive for us. If we can get him, and with no relegation clause, it could be one of two things. Either... I'm going to stay with you. If we go down, financially protected. If we don't, I'm here and I'm up for the fight and I want to go to Bramley more and I want to try and win something. And that's the mentality I wanted ever, regardless of if you care about him flinching or ticking in the box, whatever sort of, you'd think we'd be used to players with, with Tourette's or potential Tourette's for fuck's sake or ADHD because none of them fucking know what's going on around them. But ultimately, you know, we're better with them without him. Abby? Yeah, 100%. And I, I do think, it, I don't think it's a difficult argument to make that he's way better than Howard. Um, yeah. Howard had a couple of like meme moments and then overall he was fine, but he was- Yeah, he always jumped over the ball. That dumb, he used to do the sort of like- Starfish. Call, yeah, no, yeah, it was nearly like that, but it was like a T-Rex starfishing. You know, people call Pickford a T-Rex, but Tom Howard too had moments of brilliance too. I'm not going to still yeah. remember that uh, Pele safe against Southampton. Yep. Fucking outstanding. And he's got but, the goal- uh, one of his most famous moments was him getting chipped in his own box and he saves it. But 
Yeah. You never should I was, have had to I make that was save. Yeah. 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 Nobody, uh, Shane, did you share that? I think yeah. you're on the uh, pro Pickford, to be fair. I, I, I put it on Twitter earlier that I think people underestimate how important he is for us. Um, you know, if, if, and how hard he'd be to replace. It, it's fine. You can get another goalkeeper in who's mediocre who does does a job, so to speak. But they're not pulling out those saves that kept us up last season against you know Chelsea and teams of the like last season. Yeah. Um, he's England's number one. He's English. So you know, there's a price on that always as well. He's still young for a goalkeeper as well. Yeah. So him committing to another contract is only positive for us because you know, like you say, I'm with no relegation clause. Because if we keep him, absolutely fantastic. I love him. Um, I, I think people have to, like you say, have the doubts with them sort of thing with with uh, his distribution in terms of like you know it takes. 10 of his long kicks sort of thing to reach for one of them to reach but when that one reaches it's you know it's golden sort of thing yeah, so yeah and he's one of the keepers that are rare to find that people or teams need now in terms of distribution and can play with his feet um can be erratic at times but he like i say it's, it's only positive because if a team like spares that we you know i've been sniffing around him because larice is going if he's tired you know, and, and this is the thing: if teams like Spurs and United want these players, surely you want to hold on to them. You know, they're scouts. With all due respect, football fans, we know the game, we see the game. You know, but we—I I would say—we have a glass ceiling as well because they obviously have access to a lot more. You know, and if these scouts for these top clubs um, can see it, you know, maybe you just have to take their word on it and say, you know what, I, th- I think we're better off. But ultimately, just I think we're all shared on in, in saying that we want uh, Jordan Pickford. But one thing I will say that I have said, I said last year, I've said in pods before, but Jordan Pickford, for me, is the reason we stayed up last season. 110%. And I will die on that hill. So um, come at me, Twitter, um, at Cantavaro, slash, not even <laughs> slash, just a dash. But um, yeah, come give me abuse. It'll be a good crack. I'll just mute you, block you. Um, moving <laughs> on, just last thing before we go to Aston Villa. So um, Amadou and Anna had his conversation with Stephen DeFore um, and Dice was present. Oh, that was actually in the press conference too. I actually read the article Stephen DeFore when he was interviewed about the phone call and he was actually very, very positive in regards to Sean Dice. He says he does have the ability to let people play football. Obviously, DeFore, um, he broke his foot and it wrecked his dream of going to Man United when he was young. Um, a captain standard age. He was a wonder kid. I did buy him football manager 2013 and 12. I'm nearly certain and it was fantastic. He was a football manager wonder kid and had the potential to be a full-on wonder kid. Um, he actually played alongside Marwan Fellaini too at standard age. Um, as well, he went on the same for us and be fantastic. But uh, Shane, Shane, just just briefly on it, you know, he, he said he said about how Dice given the chance he, he, he called him and says look we're not the biggest team we have to, we have to try he actually convinced them to come to burnley so dice dice maybe if he can get you on a phone can maybe pull pull a player in and he did let him express himself and you do remember watching Stephen the forum certain and the four was good and that was when burnley got the seventh with him and the team in that sort of deep line playmaking role where 
you could see Onana flourish potentially. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's only, it's only positive that he, I mean, and it, it it was good to hear that Dice was coming out with the fact that he wanted them to speak to him in the first place, uh, and now that he has, it can only be positive. Like you know, the both Belgian as well, so they've got that connection. And like you say, now they've both worked. Well, Onana's under Dice. He's worked with Dice. Um and like you say, when he was at Burnley, he seems he or he was a class above that whole squad. So yeah, it can only be a positive. And then in terms of you saying like having that pull on players, we don't entirely know yet. But then you know if he if he's here long term and something starts to grow with the squad, then that's when we'll start to see. But if other players start to see the fact that like Onana is like, being let to play their football, then. It can only be a good thing. Yeah. Andrew, just, just touching, because we need, we obviously need to move on, and we've got just a brief talk about Villa, the Villa game too. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good side for someone like yourself who's very, who was very critical of Dice, very sceptical of Dice maybe, um, and, and fairly so, I will say. Although I'm, 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 I suppose I'm, I'm pro-ish Dice. Um, it's good to see it's nearly given an opening to like, I, I wish Drogba had it or had it been called by Lampard to come and speak to some of our players and John Terry to speak to his other ass. It, it, it's, it's good marketing for himself. And I think ultimately it, it's good for the players and that they get a more insight if they're unsure of the manager in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like any like recruiting call with Dice is going to sound vaguely threatening. So maybe that's the pull. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think, I, I feel like more and more Dice is going to make me look stupid, which is fine. That's kind of a general state of being for me. Yeah, but, that's what you want them. You want that though. I want to be pretty yeah. wrong in all my criticisms. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we're starting to maybe see, and it's only been three games, but we might be starting to see Burnley was nature versus nurture. And it was not Dice's only intent to stick 10 men behind the ball and kick the fuck out of everyone. It may have just been what that's all he had. So maybe we can see a more expressive team, the more quality that he's got available. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately, I, I couldn't agree anymore. And just one thing as well that I would put to that too is that a criticism that we have had from from managers, even Ancelotti, going back to going back to David Moyes. Fuck, I hate going back to David Moyes. It annoys me. But like we look at Martinez, Kuman. Alderdice, uh, Silva, fucking uh, uh, Ancelotti, um, dunked and twice. Benitez, Benitez, you know all that, all that dunked. No, yeah, dunk, but they never had a plan B. If he has this idea to express himself and play football, or has his own hybrid form of that, but he can switch into attacking, flowing football. Maybe not flowing, but again, I don't understand. I don't want to make that assumption. But then he, he can lock it up. He can play ugly, nasty football. So you do instantly have a plan B. That's a plan more. Maybe I'm giving him too much and I'm trying. I, I've lost all optimism, realistically. As you know, I'm very, very emotionally on the fence. Feels like I'm sat in a fucking jagged fence and one's right up my backside. But, you know, it's it's, it's that uncomfortable. But, you know, um, it, it, it gives me a bit more hope. It just does, but time will tell. I'm not going to waste time, you know, fantasizing about that, you know, that, that may never come because I'm not going to waste my or your. So, yeah, I just think it's um, 
that's a good thing. But anyway, on to the Aston Villa game. Um, Dave's second game now in two weeks. Dave's over there for it. Um, I think the entire podcast crew is going there. Sadly, Andrew, you're not there. Um, I wish you could have been. Um, you get you get to sit in the heat, so it's all right. But uh, look, Villa's on an upward. Although for a slight blip at the minute, they're they're currently in three three losses. Um, but I think it's going to be a really tough game, Shane. Um, Ollie Watkins is fine form. Not only is he fine form, he looks confident. He looks he looks like an all round striker at the minute. He's, he scored four in his last three. But um, Villa have conceded, I think it's seven or it's seven goals. Yeah, in their last no, it's not seven goals. It's what is it? It's like nine, ten, nine maybe. or something. Niners, I'm just trying to think. Leicester beat them by four. Scored four, Villa three, and City. Arsenal four as well. Yeah. City. It's 11. Um, so, yeah, they're conceding. Um, Emery came out. He was quite scathing after that game. But he, he just sort of put it down to that. Um, he said they didn't play the way they wanted him to play. And he did say that there would be an immediate reaction. So they're coming all guns blazing. So we need to be on top for him, don't we, Shane? Yeah, hundred percent. And I watched the uh, the uh, Villa Arsenal game as well. And in you know large parts, they were they were playing good football as well. Um, up until like the the last quarter of the game when Arsenal come back into it and then won it, and then they conceded the fourth just through Martinez went up for the corner. So that was just sort of we've got to go in for the draw. If we don't get it, then we lose the game by two. So, um. They conceding them goals, but we struggle to score. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game. And, and I think there's a t- statistic, sorry, that since Villa have come up that we haven't beat them. Um, I would I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just got them up here. Yeah, Villa last result was two one, one nil the Villa, three nil the Villa, no no against Villa. Maybe it's two one. So yeah. Not not a pretty picture to be absolutely honest. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Andrew, just your thoughts on the game. Um, how do you how do you feel it's going to go? I do think they'll, they'll they won't be very expansive. I think they'll be very by the book after these results. I think Emery's going to say you do not do what you're not told. So I think we could see it stiff that way. But if Coutinho, who has been playing a wee bit more freely since Emery came in again, um. I think he could be a problem too. Jesus, it's, it's us the way we are. It's just going to be tough no matter who we play. But you know, we really got to shut out Watkins, don't we? We need to get that center half pairing and defense picked right. I know that's an area you like to look at a lot. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with Watkins right now is his pace. I had no idea he was as rapid as he is. Uh, yeah, he has this game. and that is kryptonite to us right now with our current pairing. Um, yeah. So this is one where I hope maybe Godfrey gets a look at left back um, to kind of be that cover, uh, maybe be a sweeper of some sort to just be that nuisance and match him pace for pace. But I feel like this one has a nil nil or one nil one way or the other written all over it. I don't see it being a high scoring affair because we can't fucking find the back of the net unless Coleman, you know, uncorks a worldie or, just we set up so solidly defensively that Villa are a little gun shy for being too expansive. Like you were saying, Gray, I, I think it's going to be a grindy one, no matter what. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't find the on mute button there, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Shane, just, um, you're probably going to be pissed anyway for the match, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, anyway. But yeah, it'll be a tough game. But uh, I think, like Andrew's just said there, there's a, probably a fair few Everton fans that are calling for Godfrey at left-back. Um, you know, we, we, we've called out... Um, myself personally anyway, Michalenko a few times, but he's been standard apart from like the derby where he went on that crazy sort of run back, which made no sense. But um I agree with him. I think it's gonna it's gonna be like a close call, it's gonna be like a nil nil or a, a one nil either way. Yeah. I think it'll be pretty tight from both teams and I just think Villa are gonna come out of the traps. Um so yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, Dave's second game this this week. He's, he's been over from Leeds. He came from Chicago. I don't think it's been highlighted enough. He's over. Dave's on a football holiday. He was at the San Siro last night. He's coming back now to watch Villa. So, guy, student of the game, more patience than me. Yeah. Um, but you might see us about. Give us a wave if you see any of us. John, John loves John loves DJ autographs. So make sure and ask him. <laughs> um, but yeah. That'll do us for this week. Long day at work and then coming home to talk Everton. Wonderful. And guys, <laughs> thanks very much for uh, for listening and um, we'll see you in the uh, match reaction. All the best. See you. Cheerio. Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And... It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear, and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has Manscaped skin safe technology as well, which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box- Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family, and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching EAW Podcast. And if you've anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at the EAWPodcast at gmail.com.